0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Friday, February the 4th of 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day. Uh, That we have an episode. This is the third one of the week. We're hoping to have a crossover or uh, yes, crossover with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates this week, but he was feeling a little bit under the weather, so I hope that he feels better. We're looking to get him next week, as well as hoping to get a couple crossovers next week. Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers, Javier Reyes, Locked On Padres, crossovers galore is going to be happening next week. I am Lucas Smith, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Apologies if I did not say that before. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcasting platforms, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball owners have continued to negotiate, or at least continued the the lockout as we move into February. Here, you know, normally this would be a time of year when rosters are pretty much set, at least at the major league side, the, the major uh, signings, anyways. And you've got talks about pitchers and catchers reporting. You've got talks about you know how good in shape somebody is, or how how much somebody's going to come back from injury. But you no. Know, Not here in 2022. We're still talking about the lockout. And if you are wondering about how how the negotiations might be going, because the reports have not been good so far, then you're not going to be pleased because according to Jeff Passan and others, Major League Baseball is looking to a federal mediator to help end the sports lockout. It's a complicated process. I'll go through bits and pieces. There's a full article on ESPN.com written by Jeff Passan uh, that explains it in a little bit more detail. But I'm just going to give my general thoughts. First, in segment two, we'll look at what the actual means. And then, like I said, uh, we'll give thoughts on 1982. Because it's hard to believe, you know, in the midst of this lockout, it is the 40 will be the 40-year anniversary of the uh, 1982 championship team. So we'll talk about them just a little bit here today. But it, it, it's frustrating. This whole process has been frustrating. There's no question about that. And the reason, in my mind, that it's been so frustrating is because we, we've seen so little amounts of negotiation between the two. We have seen uh, both sides come together on a couple different things, uh, DH, um, a couple other things that are escaping me right now, but they're in my notes for a little bit later on that I'll talk about. But at the end of the day, we've seen very little to no movement. After each meeting, it's, there was little progress, but we're still not close. There's little progress, but we're still not close. And some meetings have just been, no progress, it was heated, they're done. One of them lasted seven, seven and a half minutes. I, I know that I want these things sped up, but I don't think this, these meetings are going to be settled. This negotiation will be settled if we have meetings for seven minutes. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to solve a darn thing. And it, it's not a good look when you have two sides that are supposed to be negotiating in good faith. And again, this is all from outside sources. We don't know what what truly is going on behind closed doors. I'm I'm sure that 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 could be a good thing. But at the end of the day, you have two sides that are supposed to be negotiating in good faith, in good conscience, and in trying to get a deal, not just stand stand still on their haunches and not make any movement. But instead, you have to hire a request. Major League Baseball is requesting a federal mediator to help solve this conflict. I don't, I, there's a couple different ways I think you can interpret this, a couple different ways you can go about this. You can say MLB um, is giving up. They, they just want a media to get it done. The Players Association needs to just relax and try and get it done. Or you can go, why are the why, why is Major League Baseball requesting it? There are different avenues, different reactions you can have, but mine is how far apart they must be for either side. Either In this case, Major League Baseball has requested it. But for either side, to have to request a federal mediator. And again, this is not unprecedented. This is not the first time this has happened. But to go to this length after, in my opinion, such little amounts of negotiation. They've had four meetings, five if you count the one on the, the day of the lockout. Again, one of those last four went seven minutes, seven and a half maybe, give or take. That's not a lot of effort. Like, if they would have been meeting once a week, or once every other week even, once two weeks, and they still are at this impasse, they're still this far apart, you know what? Okay, you guys have tried your, you know, sometimes you just disagree. You know, I'm sure we've all had arguments with people where we just flat-up disagree. There's no questions about it. We we can't handle this. We can't settle this. Third-party friend, come here, right? But after four meetings, they're doing this. Four. And you're already, and again, the, the the conversations didn't start on December 3rd, right? Like we knew these problems were occurring even 2022 20, years ago, when they were trying to come back from the COVID shortened season. Like we knew these problems were there. It's not like they just popped up automatically. But still, to have all this time pass, when we're at February 4th. We're over two months into this lockout, and to still not have you know enough ground to say okay i can give up this you can give up that and we're there no we ha- we are still so far apart not we i'm not taking a side but just in general they're so far apart that you still have to say nope we need a mediator in here it 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 shows that how far apart these two teams really are or these two parties really are excuse me that this needs to happen again because if they were close if they were one or two points away I really think that they would cut a deal. They would get things happen, and then they would go for. It. But I, I just don't. I, I just, it's it's frustrating to me when, when 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 all this is going down. When you have all these other sports that have great storylines, great headlines. N H O is going into their All Star um, here shortly. N F L's got the 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 big game, the Super Bowl coming, and you've got Major League Baseball in a lockout. This is a time you know, a lot of people see Super Bowl Sunday and they think, okay, next step, baseball. Here we go. But now the Super Bowl might come and go and we still might be having a, you know, uh, um, we still might be having a a space where baseball isn't anywhere close to happening. Maybe we don't even have a deal by Super Bowl Sunday. And then the Super Bowl comes and goes and Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford leads their team to victory and we still have to sit and wait for the lockout to end. This could speed things up. It has this request. This this practice has has helped at times in the past. And Jeff Passon talks about it in the article, and I'll talk about it a little bit here in segment number two. So I'm not trying to just be super doom and gloom on everybody, but it it, it there's no secret here, okay? That this is not good for the sport. There's no secret there. I really hope the 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 best case scenario is that this this mediator this arbiter comes and sees both sides picks a deal and we go and we move on. We'll see if that actually happens. It's helped it has helped certain leagues in the past, excuse me, but I just with how far apart these two teams are, their parties again, excuse me, these two parties are it might take a lot of mediating. Uh, for, for that to get done there is a, a name that jeff passan mentions in his article that i'll talk about that has kind of been the go-to guy in according uh in in these proceedings so we'll talk about that uh, coming up here in just a moment but let me know your thoughts your initial reaction to mlb requesting a federal mediator in all of this drop a comment on the youtube section reply to a tweet whatever you would like to do dm me on twitter at lj fastball right there if you're watching on YouTube, trying to point the right side there, or you can email the show at lockedoncardsatgmail.com, reply to a tweet or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals as well. We will talk more about the lockout and what the federal mediator means coming up in just a moment. But first, it's still the new year. Maybe you're still trying to stick with your New Year's resolutions. If they were to try and be healthy or work out more, I've got something that can help you out, and that is a built bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they are covered 100% in chocolate. And I would argue they taste better than a candy bar, and they are 100% healthier than a candy bar for sure. Because most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of carbs, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that's got 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, and no protein. It's definitely the healthier option. Maybe one day you've worked out a couple days in a row. You don't want to go for a fourth, fifth day in a row. Have a Built Bar and substitute that for your workout. That's how healthy these Built Bars are. And they're tasty as well. These flavors are incredible. There are so many to choose from, whether it's coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check Built.com regularly to see what's new. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for a 15% off at built.com. This federal mediator process is, you know, it's not unprecedented. As I've talked about, it's been used before in in these grievances, in these airing of differences, uh, but it's one that we might not we haven't seen in baseball in a long time. So, breaking down this article by Jeff Passan on ESPN.com. Again, it's all according to sources that the league reached out to, quote, "...the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service, a governmental agency that attempts to help resolve labor disputes." Uh, sources said, mediation is not mandatory, and the MLB Players Association would do to agree to the involvement of a third party, end quote. Jeff Passon goes on to say that the union declined to comment at that time. <laughs> but the, my thing is, is the you can't agree on a deal. And if Major League Baseball Players Association isn't in favor of... Um, of this, then then it's useless. Then it's just MLB crying out for help and the MLBPA saying, no, let's handle this in-house. Then it becomes a question of who has the leverage. Hopefully, again, hopefully the MLBPA agrees to this and we have a third party we can help and speed things along. That's what I think that that's obviously the goal of, of a mediator same thing uh, you know in the arbitration process when you have two sides that disagree a player and a te- and a team and they you know disagree on a salary and uh, the the team presents their argument for why they should pay a salary and the player presents their argument so why should they be paid a paid why they should be paid a certain salary Arbiter picks, and then we move on. that's the arbitration process. speed things up you don't have contract disputes over and over again. well done. that's clearly the goal of a federal mediator right uh. Jeff Passon defines it, quote, Mediation, a process by which an outside party intervenes during labor strife, has been a commonplace throughout the history of sports and labor relations. End quote. Excuse me. So again, like I said before, this is not unprecedented. Mediators were even used in the MLBPA strikes in 1981 and 1994. Now, in 94, uh, it did not end up with a resolution. The mediator was not able to help. Uh, but even even recently, Jeff Passan uh, notes that they helped resolve the 2013 NHL lockout. And uh, lockout, excuse me. And the name that I mentioned before going to break that he mentions as um, kind of the quote master mediator, as Jeff Passan tooks it, uh, puts it, is Scott Beckenbaugh, B-E-C-K-E-N-B-A-U-G-H. Uh, he also helped mediate the MLS strike of 2015, and has been helpful to quote other recent disputes between leagues and referees unions. End quote. Um. So it 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 it. If you have a master mediator, right? This is what you're paid to do. This is what you're going to be. You might as well get the best of the best. So again, it's not clear as to who, um, who is going to who's do this yet, yeah? because again, only the request has been made. So we don't know who is going to be the mediator. But Jeff Passan talks about talks about this th- this point as well. That in 1994, when the mediation process was requested and used, uh, the Mediator Bill Er Usery, excuse me, E R Y, said he angered the players with his approach and was unable to save the World Series in 94 or an agreement before the 1995 season. So if the mediator comes in and pisses off one of the the two sides, right, either the Players Association or Major League Baseball itself, then then you're back to square one almost because then you've got two sides that already don't like each other. And now you just pissed them off because this third party that was supposed to solve everything, that was supposed to help everything, that was supposed to move everything along, just made everything worse. That would be worst case scenario. Because then you have to ditch the mediator, go back to square one, try and find some sort of deal. And then you just wasted a lot of time and probably a lot of money as well. But Jeff Passon notes out that I mentioned earlier there have been process. The league removed direct draft pick compensation, offered a universal DH. The union would expand to 12 playoff teams. The league wanted 14 and is proposed allowing advertisement patches on uniforms. He also mentions that both sides are open to a draft lottery. Different ways to go about it. Uh, he also says that the union in its latest proposal on Tuesday countered a $100 million um, down from $5 million on its previous offer from the non-arbitration-eligible players um, that the MLB argued for 10. So there has been progress. But again, this mediator, it can, it can be complicated. If you want the full article on ESPN, it's, it explains it pretty good detail by Jeff Passan. It was posted yesterday. Uh, the title of it is, Major League Baseball looks to federal mediator to help end sports lockout sources, say. So it's a pretty good article. It has a lot of good information in there, and it helped me kind of get, get a grasp on this whole mediation process. It, it's just frustrating I have said it before I'm saying it now and I will likely likely say it again at some point on this show it is just frustrating it is not it, it's at this point it's one of the worst look for the sports because you got some average fan out there looking at this and I'm sure that it's a very reasonable uh, not not assumption it's a very reasonable realization of this in that you know you've got two sides that maybe okay Let me back up a little bit. Let me get get hypothetical. My name's Joe. Okay. I'm an average baseball fan. Don't really know much. Don't know the ins and outs, but I'm just looking at this from an outside perspective. Okay. And I see Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball arguing about core economic issues. That's all. That's what, that's what I've been said. Okay. As an average baseball fan, to me, what I'm looking at is billionaires arguing with millionaires on how to make money. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just Joe. I'm an average guy. I'm working average job well that's frustrating I'm, i'm not arguing about millions and billions of dollars that's annoying and now i see this report that one side has requested a third party there's again a couple different reactions i could go here but i could react as i'm sure many people are oh they're so far apart they need a third party that's ridiculous i'm done with major league baseball too much hoopla whatever it's just ridiculous now, I could also say, well, good, maybe the, the third party will help resolve things and we can get baseball. Absolutely, there, there is that reaction. But at the end of the day, even though this might speed things up, we might have progress from this. These sides were, I think, they were even more far apart than what we thought they were, even to start. Um, and it's just, last time I'll say it on this show, today, it's just simply frustrating. No other way to put it. Uh, So that's my thoughts. Um, Those are my thoughts, excuse me, on the uh, federal mediator and the process there and what it means for the lockout. I'm done talking about lockout for the week. We're going to move on. Um, We're talking about 1982 next. Uh, It's going to be the 40-year anniversary of the 1982 World Series championship team uh, when the Cardinals beat the then AL champion Milwaukee Brewers in in an exciting seven games. Um, the, the, I'll be honest, the reason that you know, I've been thinking about the, it's for 4 year anniversary, but the reason I want to talk about it today also want to give condolences to a Cardinal outfielder from that team uh, that has passed away, so I'll give my uh, thoughts to, uh, condolences to him and his family, uh, David Green was his name, excuse me uh, so condolences to him, and then we'll talk about the World Series championship team that he was a part of in just a moment. But first, I do want to let you know that Bet Online has you covered for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is where the game starts. The 1980s and... The Cardinals, they were pretty dominant, winning the National League pennant in 1982, 1985, and 1987, winning the World Series 40 years ago in 1982 against the then-AL team, the Milwaukee Brewers, in a decisive seven games. Quite the decade for the Cardinals. When you think of those teams, you don't think of sluggers. You don't think of a McGuire. You don't think of an Albert. Granted, they played much later, but you don't think of a slugging team either. You don't think of even go on all the way back to the 20s and 30s and 40s. You don't think of a Ruth, a Gehrig, a Mantle for the Yankees like you would. Or a Musial, you know, a slugger. You think of speed. You think of the outfield. You think of defense. You think of pitching. Okay. Um, Again, before I get too far into this, David Green uh, has passed away at the age of 61. He was an outfielder on that 1982 team, um, according to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He died about uh, a week and a half ago at this point. This was reported on Wednesday. Um that he died of a respiratory failure after uh, choking at his home. Uh, so thoughts and condolences to David Green, um, a part-time outfielder for that 1982 World Series championship team. Uh, but but that team in general what, what was an exciting one. He was part of an exciting team um, for, for the St. Louis Cardinals. And again, when you think of the Cardinals, you think of speed. And as a team in 1982, a, a, as a team, complete team, they stole 200 bases that was tops in the National League. They even had a stolen base uh from a pitcher, uh, Joaquin Andujar stole a back. That's how that's how quick they were. And I just want to put this in perspective. According to baseballreference.com, their starting nine, like the starting nine that, that started for the most most part. Daryl Porter was the catcher. Keith Hernandez was at first in 1982. Tom Herr was at second. Ozzy was at short. Ken Ober Oberkfell was at third, excuse me, Lonnie Smith was in left, Willie McGee at center, and George Hendrick was at right. Okay, that starting nine. That starting nine stole 176 bases in, 2000, in 1982, excuse me. 176, just the starting nine players. Let's look at 2022's team records, okay? You know who stole the most bags in 2022, 40 years later? The Kansas City Royals, as a team, not just the starting nine, not just the offensive, as a team, every single player on that team, you know how many bags they stole? 124. The starting nine for the St. Louis Cardinals in 1982, starting eight, I guess I should say, excuse me, one through eight, my fault. The average starting eight fielders stole 176. Cardinals this year stole 89, and 89 was good for uh, sixth in in Major League Baseball. You had the Royals, Padres, Indians, Marlins, and Rangers ahead of them. Third in the National League, pretty solid. But as a team, as I mentioned, they stole 200 bags. That is remarkable. This 1982 team was full of characters, uh, and just exciting, jaw dropping defense. When I look back at the highlights, when I look when I look at Ozzie making plays. It's just one of those. Yeah, I could watch Ozzy Smith play shortstop for hours. So good he was. There are very few players that I could just watch a tape of, and just watch it over and over and over and over again. But Ozzy is one of those guys. And this 1982 team, you know, they they called it Whitey Ball for a reason. It was Whitey ball because it was fun. It was exciting. It was the defense and it was the speed. And you could fly on that Astro Turf at Busch Stadium too. Absolutely fly. And you know what was so crazy? Is that these are the home run totals for, 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 for those players in that team. Okay, Darrell Porter hit 12. Keith Hernandez hit 7. Tommy Hurd didn't hit a single one. Still drove in 36 in 135 games. Ozzy hit 2. Uh, the third baseman Oberkfell hit two. Lonnie Smith hit eight. William McGee hit eight. George Hendrick led the team with 19. Drove in 104 runs. Keith Hernandez hit seven home runs that year. Hit He drove in 94. Again, I know RBIs aren't everything, but especially in, in 1982, this team did not beat you with their bat alone. Every single member of the starting nine that I, or starting eight that I just mentioned, even Daryl Porter, yes, even Daryl Porter, the catcher, even Keith Hernandez, the first baseman, had minimum one triple. You know who was least on the last on the team in triples among those starting eight? Ozzy with one. Lonnie had eight. Willie McGee had eight. Keith Hernandez had six. Tommy Hur had more triples than home runs. So did Ken Oberkfell, Lonnie Smith had the same amount, and so did Willie McGee. Eight triples to four home runs. That team could absolutely fly. And I'm sure And when you were there live, I'm sure it was fun to watch. They, they, this was one of those teams that I would imagine that you, you can't get up to go grab some popcorn in the middle of an inning. You can't go up to grab a beer in the middle of an inning, grab a drink, grab a uh, refreshment. No, you didn't know what was going to happen. You had to hope to get in and out in between innings when nothing was going on because as soon as the ball was in play, Something crazy was going to happen. Ozzie was going to make a great catch and a great throw. Willie McGee was going to make a fine grab. Lonnie Smith was going to steal a bag. And, you know, whether they're an or defense, something was going to happen. Very exciting team. And I'm sure we'll take more looks at this 1982 team as we move throughout this hopeful 2022 season. Um, but I hope I was able to kind of cheer some of you Cardinal fans up out there uh, with this last segment. Remind you of how wonderful and fantastic and exciting and f- freaking fast that this 1982 team was with the St. Louis Cardinals that um, Jack Buck uh, called it had a World Series winner in 1982. That's going to do it for the show. That's going to do it for shows this week. Again, hoping to have a lot more crossovers next week. A lot of things in the work here on Locked on Cardinals. It should be fun. If you've got any questions for a Padres, Rangers, or Pirates crossover, send them my way to LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Until I talk to you guys next week, have a fantastic weekend. But first and foremost, stay safe and have a fantastic rest of your day.